to stay humble, I always say, this is something that I believe very deeply. When you're on a high, you're not as good as you think you are. And when you're on a low, you're probably not as bad as you think you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think the anchor of not as bad as you think you are is if you're doing the right things and, you know, you know, your blemishes, you're working and you're getting better. I, I think that's always kept us balanced. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. I have with me again for I don't know how many times. I, but we could have that. We could do this every single week, him and I. And we'd never run out of stuff to talk about. But my good friend John Anglis is back. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Great Again, to be back. Love your shirt. For those of you that can't see, he's ready. He's ready for Accelerate. He is, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, I probably have, but John is the only. Accelerate speaker besides myself that has been there since the very first one. Should I tell, you know, I never told the story. I told you sometime later, but you know, remember the story I told you about when you were up on the quote unquote on the stage, whatever we could call that room that we were in, but what happened at the end of your presentation? What, what happened? (laughs) Okay. So. I'll share the story now. It was years and years ago, but it was pretty funny. So you were on the stage, you wrapped up and, you know, similar to how we do it today, after you're done with your presentation, I don't want to just send you off. I want to sit down with you and I want to ask you some questions. And so you were, you were done and we were getting, you know, a couple, we were talking, we were getting a couple of questions from the audience and you had finished answering a question. You were just about, not completely finished. I knew you were going to keep going, but I stopped you. And I said, all right, everybody, let's take a break. And I ran off the stage because I had to go to the bathroom. I do remember that. And you didn't know what was going You looked at me like I was a crazy person. Like, wait a minute. I was just about to say something else. I'm answering this person's question. And what just happened? You looked at me weird. And then later I told you, I don't know when later, but later, later, I told you, oh man, I don't know what happened. I drank too much water. I was nervous. Needless to say, I've not made that mistake since then. Being that's, that's probably like the classic or maybe one of the classic speaker mistakes you could make is you got to go to the bathroom while you're on stage and you have an audience of people in front of you. So anyway, with all of that said, you were there this year, 22. You're going to be back again in February. And we got a lot of stuff to that we're going to have to cover. We're, we're recording this at the beginning of November. This will probably go out early December, late November. We'll see the fate of the, the midterms and see where that leaves us. We'll also see how the end of the year kind of plays out. It's interesting, you know, and I'm kind of curious what's going on with you guys, but I am hearing a little bit out there of how things are 
starting to slow a little bit. You know, from everything I'm seeing and reading, it's, yeah, there might be a what looks like a slowdown, and it is, but it's really just a slowdown in growth rate. It's really not a slowdown in the amount of, you know, people are spending record amounts of money. And I think I saw something like I pulled this article, I'm going to give it to the mastermind group next week. But it was basically saying that instead of growing at 18%, like we did last year, as a whole, we're only going to grow six and a half percent. And so that's going to hurt some people. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, kind of, you know, what are you seeing out there? I know you work with companies also around the country. What are you kind of seeing and hearing? Well, I, I heard we went to the Green Sky event in uh, Texas. And at that point, there were no signs of a slowdown yet. Yeah, We heard that a lot of people were up. I have been, you know, I haven't been to, to every event that's been going on as of late, but, you know, I, I friends with a lot of people all over and, and I'm hearing that people are beginning to talk about, you know, lead flow slowing down. And I've had a couple of clients reach out and ask about, you know, closing rates, closing percentages dropping a little bit. For me, I'm not saying that something's not afoot. I think something is. But one of the things that I've, I told or discussed with our general manager, and I actually did a sales meeting when I was back in Connecticut with my sales team, is your thoughts control your feelings, your feelings control your actions, and your actions control the outcome. So how many people weren't doing well in June when everybody else was because, oh, here it comes. And then, you know, when you, when you make up your mind first, subjective people will look for all the reasons they're right instead of objectively looking at what it is and then making a decision. I think something's coming. I think it's probably starting. I think I'm seeing that, but to say we're in the middle and here, here it comes. I just think that people are going to probably lose more revenue, individual salespeople, sales teams, companies worrying about it before it even gets here. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I'm with you on that. And by the way, I mean, look, this is, we're going to be talking a little bit about Accelerate. We're going to invite you to come to Accelerate. We put together, again, like we always do, speakers like John that are in the trenches every day, even though, you know, John doesn't work in his business every day. He knows what's going on. You're, what are you at? Are you at one day a month now? Just yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah, much. One day a month. But, days a month. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got his finger on the pulse. He knows what the what the goals are every week and he gets reports in. So he knows where his business is. And a lot of people, I think what happened with a lot of people over the last two or three years, and again, this is a big topic for us going into next year, is they ignored getting better for the sake of growth. So look, all these leads are coming in. We got to go sell them, sell them, sell them. They didn't take a great look at their pricing model. They didn't take a great look at their profit model. They didn't look at efficiencies in material or marketing and sales. And that's going to hurt some people. You know, when it's busy and as, you know, our friend Tony Hody says in the Fisher jumping in the boats, that hides a lot of imperfections. Mm -hmm. But then when the fish aren't jumping in the boats and now we got to go out and we got to actually fish again, like we had to, you know, pre-COVID, you know, some companies, even though big, aren't going to be geared for that. 
And so I think that's going to be an issue. And I think you're right about the whole mindset thing is if you fall prey to, oh my God, you know, the world is going to collapse around us or everybody's slow. You've you beat yourself before you've even stepped into the ring. Yeah. If I could give an example too, I mean, in the summertime we were, I wanted to raise prices again and you know, there's inflation and and we got to keep up in our market and we have a great company, great reputation, great name. I want to be at the top of, of my pricing market. So in the last 18 months, I think we've raised prices about 15 times. So I wanted to raise prices again based on, you know, what, what's out there and, and our numbers were, you know, steady. But I remember we had a little bit of a dip and this is in the late summer. And again, we're talking recession. What about this and this mindset? And it's funny because we have leap where just with a push of a button, I can raise or lower prices. Nobody knows. So I thought to myself, you know, we had a two week stretch where we're dipping a little bit. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to lower prices just a little bit, just for that mindset as an experiment to see what would happen. And I remember last minute deciding not to do it. Oh, okay. I decided last minute. It's not so to against do it. your nature to do it. Yeah. Well, I learned that from an event. There was a company, I won't mention their name, but they do stuff like that. If it's a little bit down, hey, we're having a sale. Yeah. But all right, right? So, but here's the funny thing. So I decided not to. That week, we had a $300,000 week where, I don't even know, what is 300,000? 300, three times 52. So that makes me a $15 million business, which we're not, right? But here's my my question. If I did lower prices and we did a $300,000 week, what would my salespeople have said? See, Lowering prices and look what happened. But I actually, for some reason, did not. And we did $300,000. So when I was thinking, geez, maybe it's here, it really wasn't. So instead of making an emotional subjective decision, I made an objective at the time painful decision. And, you know, same thing in October. Like you said, it's early November. The first two weeks of October weren't good for us. So, and then the last two weeks, we absolutely killed it. Well, if things are getting worse every day, shouldn't it have been better yeah, to be the other way around? Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm constantly like a mantra. And as I said, I'm not a guy that will ever pee on someone's leg and tell them it's raining because you lose credibility. I think something's afoot. I think something's coming, et cetera. But I think the fear or at least the excuse making that a lot of competitive people who start home improvement companies or salespeople are competitive who are good at in-home sales can't bear to take responsibility. It's got, and it's almost a relief. Oh, it's not me. It's the recession. It's not me. It's the, you, oh, oh thank God. You, you got to reverse that and well, think differently. Yeah. And, and look, that's the, you know, in the seven secrets book, that's secret number two. Which is you got to take responsibility for every outcome. Yeah. And it's not, I can't go blame it on the economy. I can't go blame it on interest rates. I can't go blame it on this, the president. I can't blame anybody and anything except me. Right. And you and me and all of the top people that we know that are making money in this business that are doing it right, they all subscribe to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, we're not going to let what other people say yeah. slow us down or not let us get to where we want to get to. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the other thing that I say, even if it is, it's not. Yeah. You know, a lead's a lead, and it is. We have a great lead generation process. There's a need. All decision makers are present. They have time. Other yeah. than selling it for you, what more could I do? Yeah. As a result, we say we won't listen to complaints about leads. And you know what? Even if it is once in a while the lead, it's not. Yeah. Because you can't allow yourself to think that. Say that again. Well, even if it is the leads, it's not. I hope everybody even, got that. Even if it is the recession, it's not. Because <laughs> ima- imagine in hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty. Imagine, imagine a year from now, we look back and go, you know, this recession actually started March of 23, but I had my head up my, you know what, in November of 22. How yeah. much, you, you might lose more revenue during that time period than you actually will when the recession really hits. And that's why I say, even if it is, it's not. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And that's what I, well, and so business, my company. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that is important in all of that is keeping your head straight. Obviously, that's to me, and you've heard me say this a hundred times. I think that business success is much more mindset than it is skill set. I actually think it's like 90 10. I think it's 90% mindset and it's 10% skill set because you can go buy all the skill set you need. You know, you can buy talent, you can buy processes and system. I can go to you and I can get the best selling system, you know, in home improvement. And I could pay you a little bit of money every month and boom, it's done. Here it is, you know? And then now it's just a matter of me making sure that my people are following it. That yeah, might I, don't, I, don't, I agree. I don't know who said this, but it, it's long lines of what you said. There's a quote that says life is 99% is 1% what happens to you and 99% how you react. Exactly. Yeah. I believe that a thousand percent. Yeah. Oh, me too. I mean, it's, I mean, look, you and I, 10 years ago, we were both broke and, or thereabouts, you know, 10 years ago, and now we're not anymore. We're in a position where we're financially, you well, you're, I think a little more financially independent than most, but I'm pretty damn close to it. But, you know, that's a big change in 10 years. And it's not because you and I got lucky. I think you and I went through a whole lot of pain banged our heads against the wall and finally realized, okay, you know, we got to get serious about the way that we do business. And I think, you know, interestingly enough, this COVID boom, as good as it's been, I also think it's for, for a lot of people, it's damaging because they think that, well, this is how it always is, you know, or this is how it's always supposed to be. And you and I know that pre-COVID, I mean, you have to, go fight for leads. You have to have a system in place. You got to be efficient. Every lead counts. Today, people are wasting leads. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration all wrapped into one easy to use package and it's never been easier to switch crms hundreds of contractors trust builder prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money 
which sales reps are the top performers and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. What is it? Epictetus, who's a, a Stoic, that's my, my religion, Stoicism. But he says luck is when preparation is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. To me, the COVID boom was the opportunity. And I was fortunate enough to be prepared. Yeah. Similarly, when, if this recession hits, however bad it's going to be, that's another opportunity that I'm prepared for. So, you know, if, if you don't have systems, processes, if you, if you don't know where your blemishes are, you will not be prepared for the opportunity in the recession. Therefore, you will be unlucky because that have to be the opposite. Bad luck is when you're not prepared to meet the opportunity. Yeah, And I'll, I'll tie it up by saying also, I say this at Carefree all the time, when you're on a high, I learned from, from Bob Quillen, I like the four H's is, is our core principles, hungry, honable, honest, and humble. And to stay humble, I always say, this is something that I believe very deeply. When you're on a high, you're not as good as you think you are. Yep. And when you're on a low, you're probably not as bad as you think you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think the anchor of not as bad as you think you are is if you're doing the right things and, th- you know, you know, your blemishes, you're working and you're getting better. I-, I think that's always kept us balanced. And you know, what's interesting, you know, there is a second part to that. What luck is mm-hmm. preparation, meeting opportunity. The second part of that is the opportunities always around us. Mm-hmm. And so the better prepared we are, the more magically, quote unquote, lucky we become. True. And you and I know quite a few people that over the last year or two have exited their businesses for pretty significant amounts of money through these private equity deals that are going on, which by the way, you know, top 500 a couple of weeks ago is really interesting. You know, there was three or four of those companies represented there, three, four, something like that, maybe more even. And they're super bullish. Now, part of me says, well, they have to be because they bought at the height of the market. You and I both know they're paying on trailing 12s. You know, they're, they're, it's the numbers that are being paid out and the debts that are being taken on are, are pretty substantial. But, you know, those are some formidable com- competitors. They can be. Mm-hmm. But again, if you've got your, if you're prepared, if you've got your, again, people in place, you've got your processes in place, you've got your tight pricing model and profit model, you can, that's opportunity because they're going to spend a ton of money on advertising, which generally lifts awareness, which will generally help bump everybody else in the, in the marketplace. So it'll be interesting to see where that whole thing goes, but they are very bullish. I mean, they, you know, they've got some research that's, that's amazing that, you know, normal us mere mortals don't really have access to, 
but they shared some of it. And there's some very, very good statistics out there. So we'll see how all of that plays out. But earlier you mentioned, you know, we were talking about blemishes. What are some of the blemishes? What are some of the things that people should be looking out for right now in their companies so that they don't lose out? So, you know, they, the so business doesn't get away from them. I, I would start at the beginning. One of the things that happened during this spike is that, you know, you could take a piece of gum in a business card and stick it to a, a flagpole and probably get somebody calling you looking for a home improvement estimate. Yeah. Meaning leads are flowing in. And I think, I think that people can get cocky with leads coming in not having to work as hard to efficiently set them or crucify them as opposed to just confirm them. And then when, if what's coming comes and you get X percent less leads, that mindset and that lack of of skill is going to bite you in the ass because now you find yourself with not as many leads to issue. And now while you're panicking, let's say, to whatever level that might be, now you're forced to learn how to properly qualify an appointment and run it. It's a lot easier when the momentum's on your side. And I've said that at Accelerate the last two years, things are doing great now. Isn't that the best time to start implementing processes, making investments in your business? Because with all that revenue, the windfall, you have a lot more money to make mistakes while you're implementing it to learn. All of a sudden, things start to dip in another direction. Oh, now I got to get help from so-and-so. Now I've got to. But then that investment becomes an expense when it it's too expensive to implement because now you don't have. So I think for starters, it's that. I think on the other side, it's giving leads to salespeople that aren't properly trained because you know you're going to have another fresh 10 to give next week and then the next week and then the next week. I think people look at their checkbook and think they're doing well when in reality a lot of companies are what i refer to as cash flow companies you know you got half a million dollars in the bank you think you're worth a half a million dollars but if everything ended today are you in the hole 250 and i actually i think those are called zombie companies money's been so cheap that the only reason people are staying around is because they can keep funding themselves with cheap money and that's over all of us so I, i think there's leads not not learning how to properly qualify, being a little spoiled and not appreciating the leads, letting salespeople run them, counting on sales because of the volume of leads they're running instead of actually measuring how they're handling those very expensive appointments. And then I think there's another one, which is once those appointments are being run, what follow-up? And I, I will say we are not, it's, we call it proposal reviews. There used to be called rehashes. But we call them proposal reviews because maybe a salesperson who's new missed something, maybe stinking thinking got the better of them. Maybe it was a bad day and they missed something. We saw a note in our our, uh, market sharp system that a salesperson ran an appointment. It was like a $14,000 demo, no sale. And the, the, the reason not to sell was it was only for aesthetics. They didn't really need to do it. They just, they just wanted a new look and didn't want to put that kind of money. A manager went out for a proposal review to look at the project, found what they needed, tweaked the project a little bit to get more in line with needs, and sold it for about the same amount of money. So there's $14,000 on an appointment that was very expensive to generate. 
and it was mishandled. The beauty of that proposal review is it goes to the bottom line to lower marketing costs, to increase profitability, but we also know what that rep did wrong so we can either bring them in to retrain them, ride along with them, or dump them, depending on you know how often you see that. I think those three things have been ignored because things are going so great. One of the things I ended last year's with was a book, uh, a quote from the millionaire mind. Millionaires don't make decisions as if they're going to make this much money forever. Yeah. And I think that that's been happening a lot. And I think people are going to pay the price. And if I could end it, put a tail on it, you mentioned about opportunities and being bullish. I remember years ago, I was a million dollar a year for, man, 15 straight years, million, million, two, million, million, two. Take a company that I competed with that say was $10 million. Let's say a recession comes and instead of doing 10 million, they did 9 million. Doesn't that mean I could have gone from 1 million to that nine and had an incredible record year? So I find it funny that people look at revenue they might lose as a result of a recession or stuff coming, as opposed to realizing if you're 100 and you do 900, that's still a lot more than than, than the one you get. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It it still has some upside for growth if as long as we're you know, doing the right things and preparing. Well, and especially if you understand your, your profit model. So look, you, you run one of the most profitable home improvement companies that I know of. You're not the biggest, but you don't want to be. Yeah. And I think more and more, you know, it's, it's, we have the mastermind groups coming in here next week, both groups. And, you know, we focus on, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about and we're, I'm going to take them through a couple exercises is, well, what does next year look like? Where are you guys in your planning for next year? Now, many of them are, they're EOS companies. So they, they're already in the throes of planning, but I'm going to go back to reminding them about, are you basing your goals next year on profitability or are you basing on only on revenue? Because I say all the time, it's but the top line is only a function of the bottom line. So whatever you decide your bottom line is going to be, then let's do the math and figure out what the top line needs to be. But we talked, I talked to these companies, you know, like a top 500. I shared with you one of the conversations that I had. These guys, nice guys, been in business, I don't know, three, four years. They're doing a million two a month. A million two a month, right? And I ask them the question I ask everybody that's new, that I don't, that I don't know, that I'm not in their business. I ask them, would you make any money? And then it comes out. Now it's like, well, but there's this. And well, but we invested half a million dollars into this. And I'm like, all right, well, your profit model's broken. And companies like that at a million two with all this infrastructure in place and overhead and blah, 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 they take that 10% dip. Ooh, they could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, those are the zombie companies that are staying alive. It's funny. I love love this book, Basic Economics from Thomas Sowell, where the study of economics is- Is that uh, the one that's like this? Ginormous. Yeah. Yeah, It's ginormous. But he says the study of economics is the study of scarce resources with alternative uses. One of the reasons there's such a big supply chain is that money is so cheap, non-profitable businesses 
are getting windows made, baths made, and they're they're being that material and infrastructure is being taken away from the profitable businesses that can turn it around quicker and actually make money. Yeah. And those are the companies when when whatever happens, happens, those are the ones that are going to have a reckoning. And that's why I was saying before, you know, a million dollar a year business looks at maybe taking a 10% hit. Oh no, that means we're gonna do, but what about your $10 million competitor doing the right things to be 10 million? might drop to 9 million. Doesn't that mean if you do the right things, you can go from 1 million during good times to 9 million? I mean, if you do those same things, to your point, it really is profitability. Our revenue is flat from last year. So we've done on a roundabout, I think our sales, one sale, two sale, three sale, our sales are down about, last I checked, was about 18% but revenue was only down by like three. And I got that advice from Brian Gottlieb. If there's a huge supply chain issue, what you want to do is raise your prices and, 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 you know, don't, don't add so much to the backlog. So I took yeah. his advice, 15 price increases in 18 months. Yeah. And I made the same money, but I have to do less work. Yeah. Well, so, and, and so that's something you and I, when we we're running around doing all the, the certainty events, that was something you and I were, were hitting home with these guys was like, listen, it's not about how many roofs you install. It's about how much money you make on the roofs you yeah. install. Yeah. So if you can make less money selling less roofs, why the hell would you do more? Yeah, we went from uh, we went last year. We averaged 12,000 a sale with approximately 40 percent closing rate on demonstrations given on a first visit. Yeah. Our average sale this year is $15,000, 3000 more, and our closing rate dropped to about 35%. Yeah. So I've got a lesser closing rate, which means less sales, but I'm, but the revenue is, is there. Yeah. Now, I will well, admit- and more listen, importantly, the profit is there. No, no question. And I will admit, look, we're not perfect. If I look back at this year, there's some waste. I call it waste. Had we done this, had I tweaked that- Maybe if I had been involved three days a week of a month instead of two, you know, little things like that, there's waste we could have tweaked. But overall, you know, we, we, we trimmed down that overhead so we didn't have as much at risk, made the same profits. And, you know, anyway, here we are. Yeah. Well, you know, you're going to be back. Your presentations are, you know, look, you know, one of the things I'm going to I'm going to pitch accelerate a little bit here. Every speaker that comes to accelerate is, you know, like it's like John. It's like living it. They have created success for themselves by doing basic fundamental things. There's nothing overtly special about you as a business or as a friend, yes, as you know, as my dear friend, yes. But as a business person, not really. You just like gotten really, really good at you know, the, again, people, process, profit, and of course, the work that you have done on yourself. And so John will bring with him a, a another presentation that's just loaded with, you know, great information. And hopefully people that are listening here will say, okay, it's worth me taking a couple days out of my life to go to this thing and just step back and look at my business from the outside rather than just being in the thick of it, you know, all day dodging bullets and arrows left and right. Anyway, that's my, hopefully that was a good pitch. 
So go yeah. check it out. I'll give people the website. It's accelerateevent.com, accelerateevent.com. And of course, go and check it out. Man, that's like, you know, I was talking with somebody the other day. Oh, this happened with Megan. So me and Megan Beatty were talking about marketing. She's going to be there. So what you were saying early about marketing and marketing efficiency. So she's going to be there to cover that. She's, I'm going to have her actually, I'm having her do two sessions just because the marketing thing is it's back, you know, for two or three years, we didn't really talk about marketing. There wasn't a whole lot of marketing talk at Accelerate because that's not what people need. But February, at the beginning of the year, we're going to start talking a lot about marketing. So, and anyway. Well, your point about Megan, I, 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 you know, there's a lot of great speakers, but I think it's worth the trip to hear just what she has to say. Cause I oh, think yeah. she's, she's a badass. Fantastic. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, oh, and also on also you have a bonus day. So if people want to really dive deep with John and get into the selling system and how he recruits, how he manages the selling process. He has somebody called your thing, the recruitment Bible in the mastermind group. It's like, oh yeah, John's got this like recruitment Bible. It's like 80 pages and it's got all the, you know, here's what you do step-by-step. You know, if you get a D type personality, say this, if you're, it's an I, you're going to say this, if it's an S you're going to do that. And you know, you follow the disc profile and all of that. But anyway, he's going to show you how to recruit your sales team, how to manage your sales team. And I think sales management is going to be a big topic. Charlie Gundell brought this up too. It's like, because every lead becomes more valuable. And as leads get more valuable, sales management of that lead becomes even more valuable. So if I could say, I think you said nothing special about, et cetera. And and there's a lot of truth in that. I think there's two big things, and I said this last week as part of my presentation. One is mastering thyself, seeing yourself the way others do. And the other part is implementation. It's very yeah. easy to write down what to do. It's very easy to know. Look, I, I used to watch the Patriots before all this kneeling nonsense took place, but Bill Belichick knows what to do, but he can't get out and tackle somebody. Yeah. So, so knowing what to do isn't the same as actually doing it. And you mentioned this, a lot of business owners and a lot of people that listen to us today, listen to your podcast, they're what we refer to as an, as a high D, maybe an alpha. They put a premium on time over quality. So what happens is, and they're quick decision makers. So what happens is they go to events, they write stuff down. This is all good stuff. Then when they get back home, wait a second, and I know this is simplifying it, but if you really think about it, it's, it's true. There's work involved. I thought it was plug and play, right? It goes yeah. against the D's natural style to actually do the work to implement. And I think one of my biggest problems for years is I knew what to do. I just didn't know how to implement it. And that's something that we'll talk about during bonus day is, is not just what to do when you're at the kitchen table, but how to you know, how to implement it. What does that look like? Actually get it integrated into your business. Yeah. And then I have also that I do on the second day is I go through my six steps of implementation, which goes very nicely with what you present uh, as well, because it is, that is the, that's the absolute key. I mean, how you brought up Brian Gottlieb, how the hell did Brian Gottlieb start in 2009 
with $3,000 and a folding table in his friend's warehouse. And 10 years later has a hundred and something million dollar home improvement company. Yeah. It's by massive implementation. Big time. Yeah. He's a freaking smart guy and he's an incredible human being. So yeah, he really is. Yeah. All right, John. So thank you for uh being here. Everybody listening, you do not want to miss John. He's there. I said it, I said it on the website. He's there, not just because he's one of my best friends. He's there because he delivers a ton of value. Just being my friend does not qualify you to get up on the stage, as some people have have found out painfully. But yeah, the value you bring is next level. And I hope that people will come out and see you and everybody else that's going to be there. So with that said, thanks again, John. And to everybody listening, Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And this is The Wealthy contractor podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the wealthy contractor podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, the seven secrets to becoming a wealthy contractor. Just pay shipping and handling and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian Cascadalsio.